What's up, y'all? This is Watching While Black with Gizmo. Madge. And Miles. And we are continuing Anime August with Intergalactic, which is not as much of an anime as I thought it was going to be before I saw this. It's actually a visual companion to an album by Kid Cudi, who is an artist that I don't know much about. So I'm going to throw that to (laughs) y'all. So, okay, so this was my pick, first of all. I feel like I should say that this is my pick because it's not. <laughs> yeah, this is Madge's pick and whatnot. It's it's not necessarily it's animated, but it's not what people think of when they think of anime. And I feel like that's part of the reason why I chose this one because I was like, I think I mentioned this to Gizmo. I was like, this counts technically, but it depends on who you ask or who you mention that to, because uh, it's it's animated. But some people think a certain things are anime. Yeah, because most people say that anime is Japanese animation. Period. Right. But is it? Yeah. yeah. I know. I know. But I'm just saying, nowadays. <laughs> I mean, because we have animated movies, but we're not calling all of them anime. Like, we're not going to say Toy Story is anime. Right. It's not. I mean, it's like, it is, but it isn't. You know? But I was like, I picked this one because I think it was inspired uh, by anime itself. And... Yeah, I can see that in the way that it looks. It, you can kind of see it in the visual. So I was like, this this works. We're going to go like this time. We'll know how people react to it. But uh, <laughs> Kid Cudi, he's a rapper. Uh, he, I think he was, he's been around since I was like, I'm talking like MySpace days. Like he's, he's been around. Yeah, for a long time. Yeah. A long time. Like even like, I want to say, uh, let's see. I don't. I know he was. He did work with like Kanye West, and in two thousand and seven, he had that song "Day and Night," and it was big. Yeah. And it's still. It's Day still, and night. Yeah. Like it's still it's still a good song, <laughs> and I was a big fan. But also, he was one of those rappers that talked a lot about like depression and some 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 triggering things. That you don't really hear too often in in rap nowadays, and I I became a fan. Um, not as much anymore, just because as I've grown, my musical tastes have changed. But he still pretty much has like the same kind of uh, style in rap. And honestly, the a lot of the stuff from this movie is actually from his discography. So that's really cool. Yeah, it's a visual companion to the album of the same title and basically a lot of the imagery and the themes and stuff like that are drawn directly from the songs on that album. But also like his some of his early work before he did the 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 album that goes along with the movie or whatever, it it had stuff like Mr. Rager and stuff like that because it was talking about his his drug use and it was kind of like his um that was like his alter ego. Oh, it's like his Slim Shady? That's his Slim Shady or his Sasha Fierce. <laughs> ah, yeah, Sasha Fierce. I knew you would like that. <laughs> Madge probably knows more than me because I wouldn't say I'm like the biggest Kid Cudi fan. Uh, I don't really like know much of like most of the music. I like I like know of him like enough to be like, oh, yeah, that's Kid Cudi. That's a Kid Cudi song. That's a Kid Cudi, whatever. Like looking at it is like uh, taking a look into like the Kid Cudi world almost because like the most I seen of Kid Cudi was like 
day and night. And like he was in that Solange video, uh, Tony at the end, at the end, because apparently he was Tony. And yeah, that's it's pretty. That's pretty much all I he, had to say about Kid Cudi. I like for some reason when I was like ten through like now, or no, not now. I say like ten through fifteen. I was like obsessed with. Um, not necessarily obsessed, but I was really into good music, which is Kanye West's, um, that was his old record label. And it had Kid Cudi, it had Taylor Taylor, it had a lot of the artists, like the, the, uh, the artists that aren't really too popular nowadays, but they're known mm-hmm. in, in black culture. Uh, it had a lot yeah. of them in there, because even Frank Ocean was a part of it, and a few other people... And he was he was a big part of good music, and mm-hmm. he was more so un, like he was a little bit more um, in the background, but he was still kind of a part of it. And so, eventually, as I got older, I kind of um, I kind of drifted away. So I'm really not sure what happened with like I stopped keeping up with what was going on with all of them. But mm-hmm. you know, there was a lot of. Um, there's a lot of big artists that were a part of that, but I know Kanye was not the best when it came to being a, a record um, exec or whatever, whatever the term is. So um, after that, I kind of I stopped really looking into it, but that was that was like 10 years ago. And since then, I hadn't really heard much from him. And then this popped up, and I instantly noticed his voice. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> yeah i never knew much about him i only actually knew him as an actor which is weird because i only ever saw him in that movie x uh as scott muscati yeah oh yeah x too yeah obviously i did know he was an entertainer of at that time however as far as music goes I don't know any new music beyond 2009 like that is that is my cutoff point of when I stopped paying attention to what new stuff was coming out. And so much new stuff was coming out that I can't keep up with it. I don't know how anybody keeps up with it. And if it's not like an artist that I previously liked and then I'll, who, I, who I still follow, if it's beyond that, I only listen to like Beyonce and Mumford and Sons at this point. That's it. <laughs> Understandable. It's like I'm really, really old and really, really tired, and so I can't keep up with any of that stuff, to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like new music, for some reason, I can't keep it in my head whatsoever. Like, Like, there's this Ariana Grande song that I promise you I've heard several times. It's that music video where it, uh, that has all the movies in it and stuff. Uh, like, uh, Thank You Next, I think is what it's called. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, I promise you I've seen that multiple times, and I could not tell you what that song sounds like. I could not say. I have no idea. To be fair, it's not that great. (laughs) New music doesn't stick to my brain for some reason. I just can't remember it. It's like it doesn't have melody or something or anything catchy that sticks in your mind and and stays with. I don't know what's going on, but like I can't remember new music whatsoever. I mean, new music nowadays, it doesn't really stick in general because I feel like it's because it, it lacks instruments, which... It could just be because I prefer the sound of, like, real instruments, but I feel like it it doesn't stick because it doesn't have 
that feeling that you feel when you hear. Yeah, especially with uh, like TikTok and like a lot of the songs that like go viral, like it's, like they sound the same, and they're all trying to like go for the same like gimmick. So it's like it doesn't really stick out as much as you like would want it to. Cause like it's oh and like it's, since a uh, TikTok is like more fast paced and has only like shows like sixty seconds of the song at like most. You, people like barely know like the full song and like people just know that one part and like after that it's just like not that not as good or it's like people don't really know it and like it's just like oh yeah it's just not really much of a song then if this if, if that's the case yeah i feel like tiktok has ruined a lot of music you know what's weird is i remember all the new disney songs like i remember all the songs from encanto i remember all the songs from moana all of the new disney stuff i'm about and i know all the lyrics and everything but those are different I feel like I maybe it's that they like have a melody, you know, like and lyrics that you can understand. Because like a lot of times, new music is a bunch of mumbling that I can't even understand, and they just, you know this and blah 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 blah. And then I'll be like, yeah. "What are you even saying, bro? I don't know what's happening." And I like it when a song it has lyrics I can understand yes. and it tells a story. You know, and I think with this. That, that I think with this album that he did with this movie, it it kind of helped the it helped move the movie along because he was pretty much like the songs were about what was happening in the in the film. So I liked a lot of these. Gotta tell you, can't remember any of the songs from this. <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's okay because like part of the reason why. I, like there's only one that sticks in my head and i think it's because it has ty dollar sign in it and he's one of those artists that's like he's what i call like like you know like how you put little wayne on every single song in like the early 2000s (laughs) he's kind of like that yeah he just showed up to shout yeah and everything (laughs) and i feel like because of him and the way he sounds and almost every song he's in sounds the same it's uh (laughs) <laughs> that's part of the reason why some of the songs from here stuck though in my head uh, I forgot to introduce it this is a movie about a young artist who lives in uh, is, is it New York? Mm-hmm. it is New York okay yeah New York so he's basically just living his life going about his business he's just about to sort of make it big in the industry because his his character that he has has been working on for years is now going to be made into a comic book and so he's coming up and he's also dealing with like starting up a new relationship while also dealing with some drama with his ex I mean it's really not that complicated a story it's more about the visuals and everything right um this this was honestly this was nothing too special it, it like it was very basic it's just about a guy falling for a girl and getting caught up with an ex and it i just it, you know it wouldn't be a match pick if there was no romance involved wait really <laughs> <laughs> i think everything i picked has had some type of love um love meaning or not love meaning but like some love story wait now i'm trying to remember back to all of them and try to figure out which ones that you've done so far high school musical Uh, oh yeah high school musical i stay hype about high school musical (laughs) oh yeah you did change the high school musical 
Vanessa Hudgens was in this one. Oh my God, Vanessa Hudgens was in this one. Oh yeah. I, they had a s- does that mean there's like a connection to like all of them that you've done so far? Like, because Atlantis and High School Musical are both Disney films, so there's a connection there. And this one and High School Musical has Vanessa Hudgens. So what's going to be the connection for the next one? I don't know. Oh, dang. I don't know. Now I'm nervous. I'm like, now I have to be conscious of that. But they had a, like, they had a lot of popular, like, a lot of well-known people in this cast yeah and some of them look exactly like their voice actor to the point where i was like oh yeah that person oh yeah uh, and i didn't have to look up their character yeah yeah that happened with jessica williams that happened with macaulay culkin yeah. it happened with jaden yeah. smith jaden smith apparently yeah although that didn't happen with timothy chalamet uh, chalamet ding dong oh he has gosh. a small role in this he plays this drug dealer named Jimmy, and when I first heard the voice, I didn't recognize that that was Timothy Chalamet. I actually thought that it was, like, I heard the voice, and I, I assumed that that was actually Jaden Smith's role. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like most of the time you would know, like, if Jaden Smith was talking. <laughs> it's, it's something about Jaden. Uh, yeah, he definitely has a really distinctive cadence about him. <laughs> he's like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and in this one, his voice seemed really off from the character. Like, his voice seemed to exist separately from the character itself. Yeah. I feel like that's most of uh, James Smith's characters. Yeah, anytime he's doing vocal work, he doesn't have any inflection in his voice, no cadence, nothing is happening with it's really... uh, It's very flat. Yeah, flat. And it often is counter to the character <laughs> that he's playing though it worked well in that cartoon he did for netflix what what was that one i um say like, uh, neo yokio yeah yeah neo yokio like i thought that it worked well with the with the comedic aspect of that show like it made it funnier like the dry humor you yeah know? the the humor really matched with the idea that his voice wasn't connecting with the character i don't know how to explain it but it was actually it made it, that show hilarious to me yeah he i don't know i feel like so honestly i feel like he's one of those actors that i, I feel like i try not to drag people but <laughs> that's exactly what you say before dragging people because your dad is an actor <laughs> your mom is an actor because he <laughs> doesn't mean like because some people only can do certain things and i feel like he's a good like when he was younger, he could definitely act, and I just, like in a lot of the stuff he's in physically, like not like it was like the cuteness, exactly the cuteness. Because there's certain stuff you can do as a child that's adorable. That if you do it later on in life, it doesn't fly like that. <laughs> like the second you're a teenager, the stuff that you did that was adorable is now just really annoying. No, that's true. That's true. And he, I feel that because. <laughs> Yo, yeah, I noticed that because, like, I remember, like, he when he was a little kid, he used to be like, little, he, he used to do like little dances and whatnot, like, <laughs> moonwalk and whatnot. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, da, da, da. he's just doing his little dance. And, like, I saw him do that recently. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, Jaden. <laughs> yeah, no, not adorable. Nah. It's not adorable. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think, I don't know. I feel like sometimes with a lot of these people that are acting it, it is about their clout and who they are because there's really not too many people from i say there's not too many well-known black people or black actors um 
I guess in my generation, in my age group, that that really know what they're doing, but they just they just they just <laughs> I don't want to say like they're pretty people, but they're either well known or they look a certain way. You know, or they have like a famous famous family member. Yeah, they have like a or, or they're related to somebody, and it's kind of like can we can we get past that in Hollywood? Can we go on strike about that too? Like oh casting strike. I would say that a lot of times people who do get their foot in the door via nepotism are actually really good at the job. So it, it, the, no matter how they got there, I would say that it would be bad to put a moratorium on on that altogether because of that. Because even really recently, we were singing the praises of Jamie Lee Curtis, and both of her parents were really famous in the business. Oh, I love Jamie Lee Yeah, her parents were. But we're speaking for we're speaking for this generation of TikTokers and YouTube makers, the ones that 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 have the ability to capture an audience without actually doing well. Yes, I will say that casting based on how many followers someone has and how what kind of a guaranteed audience they can bring to the project is going to be a bad thing in the long run for the craft of acting in general. Yes. Oh yeah, and then like a lot of like, it's like it's I feel like it's like more towards like the younger side because I remember seeing like a picture of like a bunch of like young actors like actors like younger than me, but like I know it's like all of them are like either like related to some like younger person like, or some famous person and i'm like i know i'm like i noticed that they're like not the like the best actors i'm like i know it's like all of them but like i i, I couldn't tell because i couldn't tell with like young ac- actors though because sometimes they like improve though i can say it's 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 a, it's a tricky thing especially especially now but we need to we need these casting directors to do better especially when it comes to to casting black people i will say with this one i was really excited that the love interest was actually like a black woman yeah because the ex i couldn't tell if she was just a light-skinned black lady or she was like puerto rican or like some afro-latina or what yeah i believe she's mixed race because like the actress that played her played her is mixed race i think yeah i think so she's the actress from spider-man homecoming the the first it was in gwen stacy i don't know her name no i don't know the character's name but the actress's name is laura harrier her, her daddy was the vulture. Yeah. Okay, that's crazy. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why I picked this one because I, I just thought it was really nice how they depicted black love, which is something that's poorly depicted. In a way, it's 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 like I think they I say they as in Hollywood has done a really poor job at depicting what it means to be diverse. Because like if you're gonna show diversity, you have to show it like like honestly a black love like a black couple it's technically some diversity in Hollywood because you don't see it every day. You don't have to mix and match. Although, like, I, like I'm not, I'm not against, I'm not against it. I'm just saying you don't have to in order for there to be diversity. Yeah, it's like there's some kind of def- definitive number of non-white characters that can be in a thing before that thing becomes non-white. You know, and a lot of times they keep that number really low so as to what they what they call appeal to a wider audience which White tends audience. to be a wider audience and that's probably the reason that they try to put all their diversity into into a few characters 
and have everybody else be white. Yeah. Although, why are we even talking about it in regards to this movie? Because this one actually does it really well. It does it great. Yeah. So we're telling you to watch this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch this one, guys. <laughs> and, you know, I liked that. So uh, so Jessica Williams' character, uh, her name was Meadow. I love that she was, um, like, I loved her job. I loved her career. I loved that she wasn't a struggling artist. Because you see that so often. Like, um... Yeah, uh, the, whenever they were in the restaurant, the like, the burger restaurant, yeah. I actually thought that she was going to tell him that he had sold out by selling Mr. Rager. You know? But no, she was really happy for him. She was like, oh, okay, you know? And, and you know, that's something that I think it's kind of like, what's considered, like a sellout and what's considered acceptable. See, I feel like that term sellout barely exists these days because everybody's in that mode where they're trying to figure out how to make a living doing something that they love rather than being a cog in this increasingly unequal machine. Okay, I like that answer. Because I didn't, I I I was like, you know, honestly, I feel like his ex, um, her name was Carmen, I feel like she was an opportunist. No, wait, for real? <laughs> wait, oh, so you think, like, she heard about his success with Mr. Rager and was contacting him because of that? I think so. I definitely think so. I didn't get that vibe off her because, like, they never talked about it at all. It just seemed like she was just trying to reconnect with him, uh, like, emotionally. See, at first I was like, oh, maybe she's just lonely and trying to get back with him. But then when he was like, yeah, I, she was like, oh, you live in Manhattan now. And the conversation was giving, she's trying to fill him out to see if he's even worth her time. Oh, and then, okay. Like, I missed that. Because it seemed, it seemed like, honestly, it seems like this often with black men, like in general with men, but especially with black men, if they're not at a certain level financially or career wise, women will treat them like dirt act like they're not even trying if they actually are in a way that's what i was getting from her yeah and like speaking of depictions of black love you don't see that spoken about often or covered you know because like there are two sides of that because i can see it from the black woman's perspective wherein a lot of times black women are left picking up the financial slack for men who don't hold up their end of that bargain, be it in childcare or marriage or long-term relationships or what have you. And that can cause a lot of black women to seek out men who are financially on their own two feet and don't need any assistance with that sort of stuff. But I do see that from the male perspective, that could appear as if they have no value beyond what they can contribute financially or provide in that way. I think it's a really complex issue that is prevalent in black love culture that hasn't been depicted on screen often or at all. You know, and that's, it's kind of like, unfortunately, I think black men have gotten the short end of the stick when it comes to that because I feel like if there weren't certain laws and certain things put into play um, times and times ago, um, um, I'm trying to see how to say this without it. Because <laughs> it's a race thing. That'd be systemic racism? Systemic racism, there you go. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I feel like because of that. You're absolutely correct because it's like there's an aspect of being black in America wherein you have no definitive expectation of success. Even if you have the experience, even if you have the education, even if you have the acumen, everything could be in place and you could still come up against these gatekeepers and obstacles put in place simply due to your race and that makes it such that you can't guarantee that you can succeed and so it's much more of a risk for black women to bet on the guy who hasn't yet got there but is trying right yeah there's no way of like telling like like even if you weren't like black, there probably is like situations like that. But like being black, like adds on to that, which is like real stressful. Yeah, even more so when you're black and a woman. Good God. You never know. <laughs> exactly. You know? It's like with black women and black men, we all get the short end of the stick, no matter what, and we always have two strikes against us. And there's really not much we can do about it. And I saw when I saw the way she was acting towards him, I was like, she's she's being an opportunist because now he's living in Manhattan and now he's doing better. And you're you're playing with your hair when at first you could have just been like, hey, how's it going? And she, she probably wouldn't have even mentioned him anything to him again because I think she said it had been six months in like the next couple scenes. And normally, I always say like after after like a couple of months or after a couple of weeks if you've already moved on or you're not in touch with somebody again unless you really care about that person you're not going back to them or unless you know you you or unless there's something about that person that you're seeking you're not going to go back to them and oh you know who she reminds me of it's um robin gibbons character from that movie head of state explain. security explain Oh, is that the thing with uh, Chris Rock? Yeah, Chris Rock, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he plays like this alderman, like a low-level politician, and he's with Robin Givens at the beginning of the movie. And then machinations happen where he then has to run for president and becomes president of the United States. Mm -hmm. And Robin Givens' character, who dumped him at the beginning of the movie, sees that he's on the campaign trail to become president and then starts showing up everywhere he's at, like stalking him and stuff across the United States and being like, oh, oh, we should uh, we should have these uh, flowers for the wedding and this 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 should happen and blah, 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 blah. And what do you think of 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 having? two or three kids la 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 and he just keeps calling security on her <laughs> I, okay i gotta watch that but robin Gibbons, she always plays like she always plays characters like that yeah i don't know if maybe they thought she had a villain face but dang yeah, she was constantly being cast See? like that hollywood do better <laughs> skate better but that's definitely the look Colin was giving jabari and it made me upset because i was that's what it was reading the whole time and you could see how jabari was really into Meadow, and it just seemed like they clicked off, you know? And I was rooting for Meadow. <laughs> and, you know, the whole call with her mom kind of had me like, mm, what are we... <laughs> like, who... You just hooked up with this dude for the first time in months, and you're telling your mother he's there? Like... Yeah, that's really messy, bro. Yeah. And I do... I do think that happens a lot with... with people that share his um not speaking from experience but just what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) a lot of the times um people will stay together or they'll reconnect and they will pretty much they will it's like in a way it's like settle or try to trick one another 
or pretty much get one another to be in a relationship again by just just gradually not not setting the terms and not having a true conversation and i feel like that's very important in yeah, you think she was taking him for granted Ta- taking it for granted but also just like the way she welcomed him in and you know they did whatever they did and then she's telling the mom do you think like maybe there's a world in which she was genuinely trying to reconnect with this dude and she thought they were on maybe a different wavelength than than they were and that them sleeping together meant that they were actually getting back together of and he took advantage of those feelings and slept with her only to change it up the next day on her because to me the whole thing read like it was just like a fuckboy move where he was just taking advantage of her feelings for him to get what he wanted out of her and then change it up the next day and be like oh that's not what this was or whatever right yeah because you Oh, uh, yeah, it's because he did seem like the type of person that wasn't, like, really, like, sincere, like, especially but before he met Meadow. So, like, that 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 could be a possibility for real. You know, and that's another thing. I was like, were they trying to make it seem like, are we playing into the, um, the stereotypes? You know, like, are they trying to, because, like, with both of them, it seemed like some type of, like, that whole, um, because one of his friends referred to her as a bad bitch. You know, like, like a lot of women nowadays, they'll, like, it's like a thing for them to, the same way men kind of will hop around from relationship to relationship or, like, some fuckboy stuff. It's the same thing with them where it's like, oh, they just hop around from guy to guy and it's whatever. And that's empowerment. It's like, were they, I, I'm like, was that their intentions to make it, to make us question both characters initially? I mean, maybe so, because later on, whenever she sends him that text, we're meant to have a pause and be like, oh, did he do this? Has he stepped out on Meadow and slept with Carmen? And it's meant for us, the viewer, to have some doubt about that and question whether or not he can be trusted, as well as questioning Carmen's motives and sending it in the first place. So maybe, and referring to this part where she took a picture with his hoodie, like she had no clothes on and she had on his hoodie and she oh, took yeah. a picture and sent it to him in the middle of the night, which is wild. So wild. Especially thing like he came over to kill a rat for her, trying to be a good, genuine guy. And yeah, and she flipped it into a sex thing real quick. <laughs> yeah, but but it just, I don't know, it's interesting to see how, it, it, this felt very close to real life from what, like what you, from what I hear in a lot of younger relationships are dealing with where it's just kind of like no one really trusts anybody i guess that's relationships yeah because nobody talks to each other there's not a lot of communication and a lot of miscommunication yeah and lack of yeah i know a lot of people that like uh like a lot of people that like (laughs) they like when they're like hooking up or something like that they don't like look at each other and like just like whatever that's like that's all they do because they don't like they're both like scared to like communicate or whatever dystopian so it's like kind of like a weird like situation like dynamic where they both know it's awkward, but they're just like, oh, yeah, we're, yeah, that's how it is. You know, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> wow. These kids nowadays. Because, like, I don't mean to sound like an old person, but, like, I definitely will with this. <laughs> but, like, these days, regular communication is treated with, like, a lot of distrust. That's so that's yeah. true. Because... I will say from my experience, like, I tend to be a very vulnerable person. Not very vulnerable, but, like, I'm very open. 
and people will think that they know me based off of what I choose to share but people are so people are like onions with so many different layers and people are so complex <laughs> like ogres and I think <laughs> like ogres um that's a Shrek reference um and I think that like I've talked to dudes before and they didn't seem to understand that like oh I know this 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 this, this about you and I'm like yeah, that's because I told you that stuff, but beyond that, what do you actually know about me? And you have to, the way you get to know somebody is through engaging and through conversation. And if you're not willing to be vulnerable and open up, then it's like, how will I know? And who will I, like, who am I speaking to? You're right. And there's also perception because like a lot of times people will make up their mind about who you are and then anything you say will just be put towards validating the opinion that they already hold about you without them actually listening to what you're saying in in an objective way so whatever it is they think about you is what they think you are right especially uh, since there's like a lot of like speaking in code and then like there's like especially since there oh and there's like more like speaking over like message and it's like Oh, she said this, this, not the third, like with a, with so-and-so emoji. So like, that's, that means that so-and-so, even though like it probably wasn't like, it probably wasn't even like meant that way. And this was like hard to like just communicate because you just want to like straight up say it. And the people don't like straight up say stuff, even if you ask them, you know? No. And it's like a, that's like a hellscape for a person like me who is on the spectrum and who communicates very directly and people don't understand how to accept direct communication without believing that there's something behind it or around it or in front of it because people don't speak to each other in a straightforward way yes they like speak to each other from the side or talking around issues without actually addressing them head on because apparently it's rude to talk straight which is ridiculous yeah you know i think that that i definitely think that comes from um like y'all said it's people speaking in code from the internet and different things like that and like i feel like a lot of younger people don't truly know how to communicate directly without it being some sort of um what is it without without being some sort of issue because of their they're misinterpreting it because they don't necessarily understand what it means because i've come across a lot of people now uh no matter the context of where we are like whether it be work or whether it be the store i could say something like oh excuse me oh you like you have an attitude or like i'm like what do you mean by that get out of the way (laughs) bro i thought that was just me because like Lately, I'll go out in public and be completely polite, completely cordial to people. And I don't know if this is a a post-COVID thing or what, but like they'll come back at me with an energy like I just cursed them out. Like it is the weirdest thing these days. And and I'll be like, I don't understand what I could have possibly done to get the sort of reaction that I'm getting from people like I don't understand I thought is that I thought that was just me this whole time yeah it's everywhere yeah cause like 
Because I remember being like on the plane, and um, you know, like when everybody's like, when like we're in like in between flights, and you like you stop for like the first flight or whatever, and like everybody's like standing up to like ready to get off the plane, right? And I had to sit back down because like there were two people like uh two, next to me, so I had to like let them get out. But this lady was like right in front of me, so I can't sit back down. So I'm like, oh, excuse me, ma'am, I gotta like sit back down. I I, I thought I don't know if I said it wrong or what. But she was like, oh, why did you just sit down? And I'm like, you were in the way. I don't know what to tell you. And I was I like, what? She like, just a moment under her. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's like, I'm like, bro. And everybody was like, what? Like, <laughs> so I, thought, I, I don't know. I don't know, what, I don't know what the issue is. Like, I don't understand people. It's just, I think it's because people don't talk anymore. Like, and it's, it's, there's yeah, nothing. Because right, right. everybody's stuck in their own little echo chamber that they don't want to look beyond and they don't know how to actually relate to other people in their space who aren't like them anymore right. i don't know how that got it no but it's true it's so true and when people it's like now we now but you see how it affects relationships because i feel like that was carmen and jabari should have they shouldn't have, I'm not saying they shouldn't have hooked up whatever. People are free to do whatever they want. But they shouldn't have had a conversation like, we're, this is it. This is all we're doing. <laughs> After this, go home. Not, I'm going to, like, you know, like, you, I don't know. It's just. No, no, you're right. Because one dang conversation, yeah, about what this right. is and what this is going to be would have solved everything going forward. Exactly. And if anything, it's like, okay, have a, it's like, okay, so even after that, it's kind of like, the conversation Jabari had was like, like with her was, we're literally not doing anything other than just, you know, I guess, casual hooking up or whatever. And I think even with her, it's kind of like, she was allowing that by, by not saying, you know, not saying something before, like when he, when he woke up, it should have been a conversation with him instead of her mom. And the same thing with her and the mom and the conversation there, that was also her trapping him in a situation in the same way that him having sex with her before speaking about their feelings was him trapping her into that situation. It's the flip side of that coin as far as he wanted, say he wanted sex, so she has sex with him, and then he's on the hook the next day for this thing with her mom. And he knows she wants a relationship, so let's not talk about that before having sex so that right, the next right. morning you can demure and be like, oh, that's not what this was. In both of those situations, it's like them dangling the thing that the p other person wants in front of them in order to trap them in a situation in which they get what they want from them right and you know even we saw that carry on though with his relationship with meadow because you could tell that they wanted each other more than just friends and even before hooking up you could kind of just see that they were into each other but the conversation was never they never had a conversation that was like hey like i like you it was just kind of like subtle hints here and there or just actions and sometimes people don't understand like actions while actions do speak louder than words act uh, words with no action or action with very little words but could be misinterpreted yes or it means very little because you don't know and you're acting on the the unknown and that 
that's hazardous. And we saw that come back to bite him in the butt. Yeah, you're right, because because they never had that conversation wherein they're like, oh, I love you or I like you or I'm happy in this relationship with you. That creates an uncertainty there. So she might have been like, oh, we never spoke about it. So I don't even know if we are even exclusive. Exactly. Or or anything, anything to where they have an uncertainty that needs addressing. Exactly. And, you know, she, you know, she did have a toothbrush at his place and she did have some of her stuff at his home. Why? Cause she lives next door. <laughs> you know, no, that's true. That is true. Like, you're next door. You can walk. <laughs> you walk over. <laughs> but you see how they were doing these things, but they weren't saying anything. So when that happened, he was, he was torn and he felt, you could tell he felt really bad about it, but it's like, what can you say and what can you do? But she even acknowledged, like, with her friends, and she acknowledged with with him eventually towards the end, like, we never said anything. We we didn't, you know, we didn't say we were exclusive. We didn't say what we were doing. We were just doing stuff. And you could tell that hurt both of them in the end, which is why kids just learn how to talk to people. Here's the thing that kept throwing me off. He, his character, Mr. Razor, is a character that he graffitis on buildings and stuff, right? But, like, now he's sold that character to a publisher, like a comic book publisher, and it's got his name on it. So, won't they then know that he's the one who's been graffitiing this character all over the city all these years? I guess they don't care. Like, that made no sense to me. And Loki looks like him too. Yeah, it did look like him. I think that was his alter. Like that was his alter ego. I don't understand why. I guess things are different in New York. I know out here in the South, that would not be happening. Anyway, what did y'all think of Vanessa Hudgens' character in here? She was the one that Meta would often be going to advise for, and like she was wowing out like the whole time. <laughs> she had so much to say about relationships, but she was like married and I and pregnant. I think she, um, I can't remember a lot of what she was saying because a lot of it, I was like, girl, you were, it's easier to give advice. Like, I always tell people, like, right now I'm single. Like, it's hard for, like, you can take my advice as much as you want. (laughs) But it's probably not the best. But, you know, sometimes they say coaches don't play. I mean, she was basically just saying, like, take chances because, she took chances herself, and then that's what got her to the place where she was. Yeah, and I remember the story that she told with her, with her and her, um, her her husband, where he was like, they like, <laughs> they were like at some sushi restaurant, and she was, she was being wild. They were being wild up in there. They were getting freaky and in the bathroom. Pretty much, like yeah, pretty yeah, like it's. I like the fact. Yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying in like to... a fish place of all things. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Sushi of all things, but you know, I <laughs> I think um. Wow, that it wasn't a red lobster. <laughs> you have to stop. <laughs> With the carpet and the dirty lobster tank. Oh, but. I think, um, I do think that a lot of what she's saying is true. Like, yeah, you have to take risk 
and you have to be willing to to be you have to be willing to risk yourself when dealing with relationships and sometimes you never know where it'll take but that's also comes from like a thing of trusting yourself and also trusting the people or the person that you are being intimate with and or who you're supposedly in a relationship with and I think a lot of people nowadays do have trust issues because you never know what you're getting from people you never know what they're getting from especially like when you meet online which is a big thing that they were talking about on the movie online dating like there was some app or whatever where everybody was hooking up through the app and it just so happened to be a scam at the end they were talking about it in the credits and I think it's hard to trust people when you just never you know you just never know you never know what's true and what's not but also that comes from having honest and open conversation do you think that this show is condemning online dating or like trying to because jabari meets meadow in a really organic way in the real world and the app it was actually just a medium for people to get their identity stolen and even vanessa hudgens character didn't use the app and found love and like everyone who did use the app was unhappy at the end and everyone who didn't found love It just makes it seem like the narrative itself is against online dating and is trying to get everybody to go out there and metaphorically touch grass with regards to starting a relationship. Yeah, like whether it was intentional or not, it could have been like, could have been like, oh, yeah, just like take risk in general, like just do it, just go out there and like talk to people and. It, it could like make people like want to date more whether it's intentional or not i guess yeah. or, like just go out in person yeah yeah because i think they even if they weren't trying to to mock it they were because you know i think a lot of people have uh had poor experiences with online dating and with you know hooking up on you know with strange not strangers but you know people you they match with online or whatever there's an aspect of online dating wherein you are basically selling yourself as a product to other people mm-hmm. <laughs> and and therefore what you put out there is meant to put yourself on the best display possible and therefore is often not your most authentic self. Right. And I think that there's an aspect of online dating wherein we often don't get beyond that point during which we are selling ourselves to the other people yeah that that also goes into like communication and whatnot and like just like communicating like what you we are like your intentions and like like you like also who you are you know so oh, yes. yeah authenticity in a, in a way and it's like yeah and um and yeah like like i, I can see like where it's like a like a big through line of just like oh just showing you like your true self and just like going out there i, I think like the modern way of dating definitely plays into the issues people have with communicating because I don't I'm not really into social media and stuff like that and so when I have you know been dating or when I was dating around and stuff I found that people were really kind of taken aback by how upfront I was with my flaws because you know normally when you meet people you naturally just kind of talk about whatever y'all have in common or talk about things that are relevant and or prevalent to you at the moment or to your character uh that that people need like things people really need to know about you and people are you know i think nowadays when people meet in real life 
they're expecting kind of like that product of what they see online because people are presenting uh, only the best versions of themselves and some of that is not even legitimate it's a lot of it's fake and so when they meet people that are authentic they question the authenticity or or the how authentic these people are because they really don't know and they think what's fake is you know supposedly what's real and that also ties into that trust issue and that communication as y'all were saying and i think that they probably weren't intentionally uh trying to tell people don't online date but they were showing how flawed it is to online date when you because you're only getting so much of that person and we see that all the time with like the nine like those uh i'm not gonna say the shows i'm gonna say the show but like when you see like those reality shows and those uh game shows where people are dating um where it's like they're dating around in like a circle or or whatever and when they actually get to know the person they're like i really don't like like i don't like you to my core but the the computer matched us or whatever because the computer doesn't know it only knows what we tell it. have you ever watched black mirror because no. this reminds me of Black Mirror episode. Mm. There's an episode in like the fourth season called Hang the DJ, which covers like the dystopian aspects of online dating. Which one's that one? It's the one where this couple uh, participates in this dating program where they're matched up together. Oh. So basically the computer matches people up for an indeterminate amount of time. They find out how long the computer has matched them for. Sometimes it's for one night. Sometimes it's for several months. Sometimes even for years. But they don't know until they meet each other when that, how, how long the computer is going to match them for. They stay with each other for the amount of time that the computer tells them to and end the relationship when the computer tells them to do so. And then at the end of it, the main couple who were first paired with each other for just one night and really hit it off and really wanted to stay together but had to step away from that relationship because of the computer then meet up again and the computer pairs them for a longer amount of time and they mess that up and then at the in the end they choose one another and they're like you know fuck what the computer says we're going to be together and they leave the program only to find out that the whole thing was a simulation and they are destroyed basically but they were actually computer simulations of the real people in the real world and you and it ends the episode ends with the people in the real world meeting up together because they have been paired with each other via an app that they signed up for and basically the the characters we had been following all along were just computer representations of themselves in the app trying to figure out if they were compatible but obviously real world apps can't run thousands of simulations of you through different relationships to find out who you're compatible with. So we all are still just basically taking a computer's word for it. Cuz what what is compatible what is compatible in a relationship even mean? I feel like it means having the same goals and wanting the same things out of life. Yeah. I don't think it's about attraction or love or any of that stuff in actuality cuz I think it, what it really comes down to is what kind of life do you want to lead? And does that other person also want to lead that similar life? Yeah. Like think forward to the future and think about the type of life you want to lead, where you want to live, how many kids you want to have, what sort of goals you want to achieve, all of that stuff. And then share that, communicate that 
and find the person who also wants those same things and then build a life together based on those shared goals and aspirations. Yeah, I don't I don't see a lot of um people like having that thought process almost because like especially with like, young people, like people younger than me, like I'm already like pretty I'm twenty. So like people are younger than me are always like I'm only like um looking forward to people that are like, Oh, I want someone to cook me something, I want someone that that's like there's this stuff. I want someone to be like uh so it's like just basically describing the maid. Basically, like uh, describing a maid or something like that. Yo, like like, so many women these days have been complaining that men just want a mother. A lot of men do. Yeah, yeah especially like a mom. You know, and like it's just like a bunch of like descriptions of like crazy stuff. And like you, you can tell like it's coming from a young person because it's just like like real surface level like stuff. And it's like oh, and like they like retweet something like if if my if my wife isn't cooking me something in the morning and you know in in something like uh, uh quick cute whatever i'm like oh that's, that's kind of weird <laughs> so yeah but like like you say like that's that's the good like uh what's what's a, a good example of like what you should like look for and whatnot and it's like i, I feel like that's really rare it's, that's i think that a lot of I, I, I agree with both of you i think people don't understand the difference between being compatible but also having the different aspects of a relationship. Because something that I see in a lot of younger people nowadays, and I had a conversation with someone, and I and I explained to him, I was like, you know, do you really know what it means to be compatible with someone? I was like, you know, this person may check off the box of what they look like or how they behave or what they do for you. But at the same time, are y'all actually compatible? Is this person someone who you can build with? Is this person somebody who wants to actually build in general? Does this person want something with their life? Does they like like do you know if this person has any type of goals or or are they strictly wanting to just live off of you for the rest of their lives? And you know, you have to you have to you know, if that's what people want then that's fine. But if that's not what you want, then that means y'all aren't compatible, even if this person is perfect in, in the in the idea. Uh, you know, the idea of that person is perfect, or the image of that, is, of that person is perfect. And I think, like, with Carmen, I feel like, in a way, society has, kind of like what we were talking about earlier with, like, the colorist and, and the, what society thinks is ideal and perfect and what a, a goal relationship is, I feel like that would have been a lot of people would have been rooting for Carmen versus Meadow to be with Jabari. Although I was rooting for Meadow the entire time because I could tell that they like I don't really think that Jabari and Carmen were compatible. When you look at it, like okay, yeah, they might look nice together, which Meadow looked just as great, but that's not the point. Um, she, the, Carmen, she seemed to be this person who had certain tastes and had certain things about her you know that a lot of men and people like the idea of but is that really were they actually compatible which is how come they seem stale they didn't communicate well with one another and they didn't communicate on a level of authenticity with one another like they weren't their authentic selves when they were with each other if you can't communicate what you want out of the relate, even what you want out of the relationship, then it doesn't speak well to their future if they were to actually make a go of it. Yeah, like to the point where like something like might come up in the future, or like something that come up about them that they didn't know about because they're like still still in like dating that mode or something. And I think that that's something that a lot of young people 
not even just young people, I think older people do this too, but you see it more commonly in younger people, or I do because, I guess because of my age group. Um, I think when they're doing online dating, they're seeking not like who they're not seeking who's compatible they're just seeking what looks you know what looks good and what looks ideal you know mm. socially you mean like socially yeah like yeah like people that have like a lot of social capital right like a trophy yeah like something they think other people are supposedly supposed to be envious of yeah which I never understood. Like, I don't understand the that idea of being jealous of someone's relationship because different people want different things out of relationships and what is the ideal relationship for one person might not be ideal at all for another person. So it makes no sense to be envious of somebody else's, what somebody else has going on because it might not even be compatible with what you want out of a relationship at all. I, I don't understand that at all. Right. And a lot of people are like uh, only like look for like short term stuff and uh and um yeah. Yeah. And then like looking like more into the more into the future almost. And like like you said they always like look for like a certain thing and like if they might think highly of themselves and they're like if they see someone that doesn't look that um that appealing to them or like that's not like they're tight they're like oh that's like whatever. In like a little uh, clo- closed-minded way, and like because they think they're like more important than they like probably are. And, Dang! Uh, no, that's true. <laughs> that is that is sound bad though. But like yeah, and then like, <laughs> but like um, especially especially like younger dudes. Uh, I say that, and um, yeah, it's it's just it, yeah, it's it's weird. No, it's, weird. it's true. It, it, I think that's probably why they were poking so much fun at the online dating thing. What did y'all think of the voice acting in this? Because it had like a lot of really familiar names and and people doing the in, in all the different roles in this. You know, I think I I I like that they had a lot of different people in the um, in it. People that I like, I kind of know, but I think. <laughs> Like, we kind of touched on it earlier. Like, not everybody is a good vocal act. Like, vocal acting is totally different from physical acting. The way your voice has to convey emotion for people to be able to see it through, like, a cartoon. It, 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 like, it's a skill. Um, yeah, I like the few of the roles in this. Like, I like Macaulay Culkin a lot. That was cool. Yeah. I, like, he's, it's, it's Macaulay. Patience. You know, he's him. So he, you know, he's fine, but I just kind of think like Carmen. I didn't like her character. I don't the girl, the woman from Spider Man. Her, her name is she played her. Laura Harrier. Okay, Laura, I yeah. feel like it was choppy. It was definitely choppy. You can tell vocal acting is not something that she does until now. Of all the characters, I think Jabari ended up being the one I liked the least. But that's just because he comes off as like a real fuckboy, like I said before. Because, but for the most part, I like everybody. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the characters I will say were flat. Um, I was gonna say Jabari's character was okay, but you can tell Kid Cudi is not an actor like that. Oh yeah. Besides him being a fuckboy, like there's only one there's like one thing that he did that I just cannot forgive. Like I was 
Like, I was actually angry that he did this. What did he, oh. Just one thing in the entire movie that he did that I cannot forgive. We had a visual reaction, bro. Yeah, Mouse can tell you. I, like, lost my mind when this happened. Really? <laughs> I was so upset. There's a part toward the end where he's walking in Central Park with his older sister, you know? Uh-huh. And I, she's actually played by his real older sister, Maisha Muscutty. Muscutty. Yeah, and they're, like, walking along in the park, eating cheesecake, talking about his breakup with Meadow. And he takes, like, one, maybe two bites out of that thing and then throws the rest away in a trash can. <laughs> I could not. I just, I can't, I can't. I thought something serious happened. I was like, what did I miss? What's serious? I know. <laughs> People throwing away perfectly good food, even cartoon food, is very serious. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my mind when that happened. I was like, I could not in good conscience like this character so ever again. No. I mean, do you know how expensive cheesecake is? That's insane. Bro, I could not. <laughs> yeah, I wonder who, like, I wonder who paid for that. Was it, her, was it his sister or what? That's what I'm saying, bro. Like, was it his sister? Because if I had bought somebody some cheesecake and they showed it that kind of wild yeah, disrespect, yeah, we yeah, would have been fighting. Fair. I'm sorry. Okay. Them's fighting words. I'm sorry. A cheesecake is expensive. <laughs> Yes, it is expensive. Like for a whole cake, it's like what, like thirty bucks. Like, come on. So that means one slice is like six bucks. Okay, yeah, that's fair. We stay watching stuff with people wasting plates and plates of perfectly good food, and it is unnecessary. That's fair. I'll give. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. No, that's fair. That's fair. Because even on the bear, the fact that they, the, the way they were fighting over the food and the way things were going in the kitchen, I, I feel that. That's fair. I'll give, I'll give you that one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but his, his, his vocal, he, they, they all needed some vocal acting. In my opinion, they needed some classes, some courses, some master classes. I liked Vanessa Hudgens in this. She did well. I ended up liking all her little talks with Meadow and stuff. The conversations, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she is the exact type of like character to be like uh, have a black friend, and she's like, "Oh, girl, this girl, that," and like said, whenever she was saying like Poonan, whatever, and it was like she kept, she kept saying it too. I'm like, okay, she's like the exact type. Like well, I said this to uh, Gizmo the other day, we were watching it. She reminded me of what's that movie we were just watching with um uh, uh Victoria Justice. Oh yeah, the the one with little Stranger Things, uh, the the tutor. Yeah, um, Noah. Yeah, tutor, but uh, Noah Schnapp. She had like the similar like she had, she had like this similar like thing. Yeah, that movie was wild too. Oh yeah, that's true. Cause we just like decided to watch now it. I need to watch it. Yeah, we stay watching some wild stuff. Yeah, I really do. And y'all be putting me on. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> but but um. Yeah, Vanessa's character did well. But I'm talking about, like, like all the major ones. That's really... Oh, I yeah, think the like, major ones needed something. Oh, and honestly, uh, I would say it's about Jaden Smith. I know he, I know he just be, like, the same. Like, he's just Jaden Smith and everything he's in. He's not, like, the dull voice. But I'll be appreciating. appreciating. You, you can tell he's just there just, just to be there. <laughs> and I, you, you never know. He, he could be like, yeah, I, I know. I know I'm, like, real monotone, but I just, I, I just, I'm just having fun here. He, he could be. I feel like a lot of them could be. And, you know, I, I, I respect that. 
but people pay a lot of money to stream Netflix. <laughs> Just saying. People pay a lot of money for tickets and stuff. Because I'm really upset with Netflix because some of us have been sharing an app. And I feel like I might have mentioned this at the last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of us have been sharing it. And um, I have not been going in on that $15 a month. 15? I think it's like 15 now. 15 or 16 now. But Dang. even though I have not contributed, I am still a viewer. Yeah, Disney Plus is going up too. For what? Damn. Disney Plus already went up from like, what, $7 to 10 Like... Yeah, because there are a lot of these streaming services and not everybody can afford to pay for all of these a month. And people might be going in on the same account with uh, with others uh, who might not necessarily live in the same house as them and stuff. You know, like anything, anything. That's what, come on. It's like they really need to understand, like, people, I think we really, this is a public service announcement. We all really need to start making them feel what we feel because the richer <laughs> I mean the richer getting richer and the poor getting poor and it's not okay like that's a song right that's a song those are song lyrics I thought it was just a regular sing yeah that it it is but it's also song it as well but it's true yeah 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 it's Maria Maria by Carlos Santana yeah, that's the one that's like, oh. mm, the rich is getting richer, the poor is getting poorer, Maria Maria on the corner, thinking of ways to make it better. Oh, that's a different Maria. That's a different Maria than I was thinking about. Oh, I thought you were talking about the, the Maria Maria. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the one. That's not West Side. That's the same song. It is? I remember that being. Yes, that's, that's exactly the, that's it. That's the one. It's Maria Maria by Carlos Santana. Oh yeah, that. Oh yeah, that's two different songs. Then. No, it's the same song. Is it? Is it? Yeah, yeah, it's the same exact song. It's like it's when he says like, "I was a rest of that story." Yes. No. Oh. Yes. Oh. oh yeah. Okay. That's exactly oh. it. No, the way you were singing, I, I couldn't. <laughs> How very. <laughs> but no. Okay. So like, it's just yeah. It's a galactic. That was my pick. We need to really? make Disney, Netflix. Hulu, who else? Max, Raggedy Max that crashes every time I turn around. Uh, yeah, get it together, Max. You need to do better. Get it together. Yeah, how you can be charging people all that money when you can't even get your app together? Your software, your system, whatever it is, gotta get that together. Yeah, you had one job, Max. You had one job. Yes, going up on these prices and we can't even look at nothing. Get it together! But you start, I mean, you already lost me. I haven't paid for any of them. <laughs> but still. Yeah. Any, any, any final thoughts? Mm, yeah. Oh, well, what did y'all think of that guy, Reed? Wait, which one's Reed? He's the white guy, the art dealer. Oh. oh. The art, he was. Oh. oh, and the vagina party. We didn't even talk about the vagina that was party. A hot mess. Oh my God, for okay. real. Everyone, I was like, what is this? This is crazy. And then you saw when they had, like, the, um... <laughs> yeah, me and Mouse saw them in those chairs, and we were like, why do those chairs look like vaginas? And that's before we knew it was a vagina party, and then, like, we found out it was a vagina party, and we like, oh. Well, is a vagina. <laughs> that whole thing was crazy. I was like, but this is art nowadays, you know? And the, the art dealer, Reed, he was annoying. Like, I really... I was, like, nice... It was nice to know. Like, oh, okay, let me just say. 
it was nice that he put her on, but he, I don't know, he just kind of had some stank to him that I just didn't like. There was something about him I just didn't like. Fair. Do y'all have any final thoughts? Um, my my final thoughts are like, like I said, it like I wasn't like the big. I I still am. I don't know. I said wasn't. I'm not really the big biggest uh, Kid Cudi fan. I don't really I don't really listen to his music or whatever. And so like I didn't really like uh get too attracted to the to the film at first because like, when it first came out I didn't really watch it. I was like, oh Kid Cudi. I was like, oh whatever. And um, I'm I'm glad you picked it so I can like uh watch it. I did appreciate it though. And when uh, uh and um I did I, I did like that they went from like the um, the Spider Verse comic kind of style that's like when it was like a little choppy and whatnot uh, uh and, and yeah. yeah 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 I think overall I liked it and I think I mainly liked it because it was Black Love and then when I realized who uh, made it a lot of the stuff made sense like I'm not trying to uh, <laughs> roast nobody but Kenya. Uh, Barry, what's his name? Barris, Boris, the dude that did Blackish. Oh yeah, I think it's, I think he's Beers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I understand why yeah, the story. I get it. I get did it. What it did, but I love seeing Black Love, and I love that they did have black characters as the main characters. I like that the main uh, love interest, uh, Miss Meadow, was a black woman. I do like that they kind of depicted. They depicted black love in a way that we don't always see it. I wish it was a little bit more complex. Yeah. Anyway, as far as final thoughts, I like this a lot. I didn't really consider it anime, but I did consider it a good time. I like most of the characters, and I'm still mad about that cheesecake. Done. (laughs) Y'all, that was our coverage of Intergalactic for Anime August. Join us next week for Mouse's Pick. And you can catch us at PennyIndies.com. That's Penny like the coin and Indies like the movies.com. You can email us at mail at PennyIndies.com. You can drop us a message at the website or wherever you get your podcast. You can check out our YouTube. And you can check out me, Gizmo, over at TikTok at mine is Gizmo. If you want to see me do reviews and commentaries on a bunch of random things that I'm not going to cover on this podcast. The first of which is the little anime spy family. All right, y'all. Thank you for listening and peace.